Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A college-bound dynamo is on the verge of adulthood. She had a game plan. Tierra was ready to bust the world wide open. When she vanishes... After a series of mysterious texts. I said, Travis who? We don't know a Travis. How does someone just disappear? Like, poof. Numerous sightings only deepen the mystery. They said that they had seen a group of girls sitting at a table, and one of the girls appeared to be Tierra. I'm wanting to know right then and there, is it her? Leading to a cross-country search for the truth. I was willing to go wherever it took to go find her. Please, whoever has Tierra, let her come home. January 7th, 2016. It's 7.30 on Thursday morning in Greensboro, North Carolina. And 19-year-old Tierra Williams is getting ready for one of the most important days of her life. Her head was in a good space. She had a game plan, and she was sticking to the game plan as much as possible, and Tierra was ready to bust the world wide open at this point. Tierra is headed to Guilford Technical College to complete her enrollment paperwork. She plans to major in early childhood development. Working with children is a dream she has held on to since she was young. Tierra loved children, and children loved her. They were drawn to her. Her junior year, she went into an early childhood development program. She wanted to work with mainly small children and children with disabilities. She felt like they needed as much love as they could, and she felt like she could give it to them. Tierra was born on June 18, 1996. 
Three years later, I had her brother, Cannon. Tierra's father and I were together about seven to eight years. Over time, we went on our separate ways. At that point, I, I became a single mom. Growing up, Tierra often played the role of caretaker to her younger brother. Tierra always had a motherly spirit over him. Very protective and would not let any harm come to him in her presence. Um, she was almost like his mini bodyguard. <laughs> in high school, Tierra had a thriving social life in class and online. Danielle kept tabs on her daughter by closely monitoring her activity on Facebook. When Tierra started her account, part of the ground rules was, one, you had to be my friend. Two, I had to have access to your page to find out who you're talking to and what you have going on. I think that she started having large amount of people in her life on social media platforms that she would call friends, but they weren't friends. Although Tierra and her mother have always been close, by her senior year, the 17-year-old longed for more independence. Me and Tierra's relationship was um, bittersweet. <laughs> One moment, um, she could be all up under me, you know, loving me. The next minute, I just get on my nerves and I just don't know anything. <laughs> you know, just just like any teenagers, you know, I, I stayed on her a lot. I can say I was kind of kind of hard on her in the sense of I wanted her to be grounded and maintain focus in life. Just before finishing high school, Tierra moved out of her mother's place and in with her grandmother, Vanessa, who lived nearby in the Stony Brook apartment complex. Tierra told me the reason that she was gonna stay with me is because grandma did not need to be living alone. That grandma needed to have somebody with her at all times. And I think it was just the fact that Tierra just liked grandma's cooking a lot more than she liked mama's. In December 2015, after more than a year off from school, Tierra announced that she was ready to take the next step in her life by starting college just after the Christmas holiday. I was really excited for Tierra to get started in life. She had deactivated her Facebook account as a young woman. She would have personal responsibilities as well as financial responsibilities. I just felt like Tierra was ready. At 8 a.m. on January 7th, Tierra arrives at the bursar's office at Guilford Technical College to finalize her enrollment. Tierra had gone to the college. She signed up for all her classes that she was going to need. Um, she was making sure to fill out her financial aid papers and make sure that everything was correct with that. She had her student ID made that day. Um, she was pumped. That evening, around 6 p.m., Tierra stops by her mother's house to fill her in on her day. She is joined by her brother, Cannon, and 23-year-old Aaron Taylor, a neighbor whom Tierra has recently started dating. I remember Tierra coming in, and she was all smiles. Um, her face was bright and lit because she was happy of what she had accomplished for the day and what she was about to accomplish, you know. Tierra's mother offers to take her daughter shopping the following day for textbooks and school supplies. While the boys play video games, Tierra takes down the family Christmas tree. And I made a deal with her. Um, the tree would go up, but she would have to be the one to take it down. And here it is, it was going on the seventh. She was like, okay, mom, I'm gonna do it today. As she was taking down the tree, she was in high spirits. 
Around 8 p.m., Kiera, her brother and boyfriend, head to her grandmother Vanessa's apartment, where she's preparing dinner. My mom had made her favorite stew beef. She was going to go home and eat and just relax and enjoy her evening. After dinner, Tierra, Cannon, and Aaron sit down to watch television. The guys were watching basketball on TV. Tierra was on her phone as usual, texting. I mean, that was a part of her body. <laughs> Around 8.30 p.m., Tierra announces that she is going out to see a friend named Travis. Aaron doesn't recognize the name, but he doesn't question Tierra, who promises to be back in an hour. Tierra went out the apartment. Cannon and Aaron went out of the apartment. And that was the last time that I saw Tierra. After Tierra leaves, Aaron and Cannon play video games at Aaron's place nearby in the complex and wait for her to return. By 9.30, there is still no sign of Tierra. So Aaron heads back to her grandmother Vanessa's apartment and waits for her to come home. Over the next few hours, he repeatedly texts her, but Tierra doesn't respond. By 7 a.m., there is still no sign of her, so Aaron leaves for an appointment. Three hours later, Aaron wakes up Tierra's grandmother, Vanessa, asking if she's heard from Tierra. And I was like, what do you mean heard from Tierra? And he was like, well, she did not come home last night. Needless to say, I jumped up and started calling her phone to, you know, see if she would answer. And when she didn't answer, I called her mother. I get a call from my mom saying, hey, have you heard from Tierra? Um, she did not come home last night, and her phone is going straight to voicemail. Her phone never went to voicemail, ever, unless it was broke. And you best believe she was doing everything in her power to make sure that phone was back up and working. Tierra's mother reaches out to Aaron herself, and he tells her Tierra hasn't responded to any of his messages. I said, well, maybe she was with some friends. I said, even though it's out of character for her not to call us and let us know she's not making it home, I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, she she's 19. Her grandmother says everything in Tierra's bedroom indicates that she wasn't going to be gone long. I saw her purse with her ID. Everything was there, like, you know, she had planned on coming right back home. Tierra very rarely went anywhere without a purse. And her charger is still plugged into the wall. If she was going to be gone long term, she would have took a charger with her. You know, um, my mind is racing. I'm, um, I'm like, okay, some something is just not right. You know, my worry went up from a five to a ten. At 8.30 p.m. on January 7, 2016, 19-year-old Tierra Williams left home to visit a friend. She hasn't been heard from in the past 14 hours. As each minute passes, her mother, Danielle Williams, grows more and more concerned. The fact that Tierra did not pick up her phone um, was a major red flag for us. Tierra's phone was her lifeline. 
My gut was in butterflies. It, it was in knots. Around 12.30 p.m., Danielle meets up with Tierra's boyfriend, Aaron. He indicated to me that she was texting someone. She had told him that she was going to go meet and a longtime friend named Travis. And I said, Travis? I said, Travis who? He was like, I don't know. I thought it was a friendly friend. I said, we don't know a Travis. One thing about Aaron's account doesn't sit right with Danielle. I thought it was odd that she was going to go visit another male friend, and he was not concerned about the fact and let her go visit another guy friend, you know? That just seems odd. Why would you let Tierra go out at night to meet a guy by herself? Aaron explains that he trusted Tierra and thought she would be back within an hour. Hoping to unravel the mystery of who Travis is, Danielle logs on to Tierra's recently deactivated Facebook page. At that point, I, I went into mom investigation mode. I'm brainstorming, I'm like, okay, what is her login? And, and it comes to me and, I, and it works, I, I log in. Tierra's mother searches through her daughter's extensive list of friends, many of whom appear to use nicknames and aliases. I did not find that one inkling of a Travis. Not, not a piece of Travis, not, not, <laughs> not a whisper of Travis. But as Danielle combs through messages in Tierra's private inbox, she is taken aback by something she finds. I did discover that she was back in communications with an ex. They had been communicating back and forth you know, throughout the week, and that he had been by the seer a couple of times. Danielle wonders if Tierra was using the name Travis as an alias for her ex-boyfriend. Did she invent a fake name to avoid upsetting Aaron? As 8 p.m. approaches, with no sign of Tierra, Danielle calls the Greensboro Police Department. Tierra's family lived in Stony Brook Apartments, so the officer responded to that location to speak with the family. Danielle tells police that Tierra had no history of leaving home without telling anyone, and there were no problems within the family that she would be running away from. She's a teenager, you know, and this is the age where technology is extremely important, so for her to not be in contact with anyone, uh, her family, her mom, her grandma, her brother, her grandfather, was extremely unusual. One other thing that was um, odd is talking to family members, she had signed up for college classes the day before and was excited about going back to school. And so all of this led the officer and then the sergeant to go, there's something more to this case. According to Tierra's family, everything suggests that Tierra had intended to come back home. In a missing person investigation, we have to look at every scenario. Um, we have to look, did this person run away? And there's no indications of that whatsoever. So then you start having to look at the worst. Was this person kidnapped? Was this person held against their will? The next day, Tierra's family members begin canvassing the apartment complex and soon discover that no one has seen Tierra. At first, I didn't really think it was going to be that serious. But Danielle was very concerned. So that energy became saying, well, let's go ahead and start looking for her. On Monday, January 11th, three days after Tierra went missing, 
The case is assigned to the police department's Crimes Against Persons squad. Detectives begin by speaking with Danielle, who tells them that she suspects the name Travis is an alias Tierra used for her ex-boyfriend. She also provides evidence that the two had privately been communicating on Facebook. Because this is an ongoing investigation, his name has not been released publicly. What drew Tierra to this guy was that he had a car, he had a bad boy demeanor, you know. A lot of times to young girls, that's attractive to them, you know, until they realize that the bad boy is just um, not all that he's cracked up to be. Investigators wonder, if Tierra is in a seemingly committed new relationship with her neighbor, Aaron, why would she be back in touch with her ex-boyfriend? What I gathered from reading her Facebook, it was never her reaching out to him, it was him always reaching out to her. That was one of Tierra's faults. She had a hard time letting people go and just remaining in the past. Um, she always tried to hold on to, to friendships. He was not a guy that she should be hanging around with, and we don't know why they were continuing to keep that friendship going. Investigators start looking for the ex-boyfriend. In the meantime, they get access to Tierra's cell phone records. Cell phones are modern-day fingerprint, and it's always the most important part on investigation in a missing or disappearance. Without examining her cell phone, they can't access texts or determine who Tierra was texting with. But data from a nearby cell tower shows that her phone was still on and in the vicinity of the Stony Brook apartment complex at 8.30 p.m. when Tierra was last seen leaving the complex. There were no additional phone calls or text messages um, that were sent from that phone. What we suspect is that the cell phone stayed on until the battery died. To an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old, the phone is their lifeline. So whenever a phone goes dead, that's a sign that the person is either trying to avoid being found or on the other side that something negative has happened. In the days that follow, detectives track down Tierra's ex-boyfriend and bring him in for questioning. Once we were able to make contact with the individual, he initially stated that he had not been in contact with Tierra. But investigators know he's lying. They tell the ex-boyfriend they have evidence that he and Tierra have recently been in touch on Facebook. Hearing that, he changes his story revealing that not only were they in contact, he saw her the night she disappeared. His account is important because from all of the information that we have, we were able to determine that he was the last individual to see Tierra. Almost a week has passed since 19-year-old Tierra Williams suddenly vanished from her apartment complex. Investigators are now talking to the last person to see her that evening, her ex-boyfriend. He tells police that after texting back and forth, he and Tierra decided to meet up around 8.30. He stated that he did go to the apartment complex. He met with Tierra. They talked for approximately 20 to 30 minutes before she exited his vehicle and then walked back towards her apartment building. He says he has no idea what happened to Tierra after that. 
To confirm his story, the ex-boyfriend gives investigators access to his cell phone, which shows he'd been texting with Tierra until 8.30 p.m. that night when the two met up. That lines up with what Aaron and Tierra's brother told police. But they aren't able to access any location data that could be stored on the phone. Detectives also process his car. That vehicle was searched by detectives as well as a CSI to determine if we could find any hair, any blood, any DNA, to determine whether or not Tira had been harmed physically in any way. We saw no signs of that in the vehicle. How does someone walk out of their apartment with every intention on coming back home within an hour or less, vanish, just disappear, like poof? With no trace of Tierra anywhere, investigators ask themselves if clues could lie close to home. There are no security cameras at the Stony Brook apartments, so Greensboro police must rely on an intensive search of the entire complex and surrounding area. Tierra's family also takes part in the efforts. We search wooded areas, bushes, creeks. Um, we knocked on doors. We put flyers on um, every home and apartment complex and car that we come across, um, trying to get her face out there. We were hoping to find some clue as to where Tierra was, just any little lead that would lead us to her to bring her back home safely, where she belongs. There was an emptiness in my stomach as we were searching because as much as I wanted to find my daughter, I also did not want to find her body. None of the search efforts uncover any evidence connected to Tierra's disappearance. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Stony Brook Apartment Complex. Anytime I come to this area, I find myself just out of habit looking for anything that may have belonged to her. Clothing, a piece of jewelry, shoes, a shirt, jacket, hat, anything. We did multiple knock and talks. We talked with people in the complex to determine if they had seen or heard anything. It's very hard to wrap your mind around the fact that Tierra just went missing and has just not been heard or seen since. With their investigation thus far coming up empty, detectives dig further into Tierra's life and discover another guy she had dated, a young man named Trey. Trey was a guy that Tierra found attractive. Tierra was just too demanding, wanted too much more. He was older. He was going in a different direction. Even after the breakup, Tierra was still crazy about Trey. She would drop anything she was doing to go hang out with him. You know, that was the guy that made a heart jump. Authorities track Trey down, and he is cooperative. But he says he's had no recent contact with Tierra. The family also reaches out to him. I'll call Trey, actually. He was upset about it. I felt like Trey was genuine, and I felt felt like Trey wanted her found just as much as we did. After a week, there's still no sign of Tierra, and authorities turn to the media for help. We immediately put out a Crime Stoppers flyer with several different pictures of Tierra, and then we put out a press release to our local media so that they would run with the story, and, and it was picked up very well by our local media. Danielle starts a Facebook page dedicated to finding Tierra. The family also sets up its own hotline, manned by Tierra's grandfather, Daryl, a former bail bondsman. And the hotline soon generates a provocative tip. Roughly 10 days into the ordeal, Daryl gets a call from a sanitation worker in the town of High Point, 17 miles from Greensboro. He witnessed um, a young lady that appeared to look like Tierra walking down the street wearing a dark jacket who was disoriented. Another witness reports a woman matching the same description walking along Textile Drive in Greensboro. Daryl believes the two sightings could be related. At this point, I'm starting to get suspicious that maybe there's more to her situation. It made me think that somehow somebody is drugging Tierra and keeping her hostage. Maybe this is a human trafficking case. While Daryl tries to make sense of the leads, police receive two anonymous tips pointing to a grim scenario. That Tierra's body might be located in a tractor-trailer lot across the street from the Stony Brook complex. There was a search which included cadaver dogs. And we walked that entire lot. We looked in any trailer that we could to see if we could locate anything. 
out of the ordinary. We didn't locate anything. On February 8th, a month after Tierra went missing, authorities intensified their search efforts. The second search included the wood lines around the apartment complex, creek beds, culverts, and any type of sewer drains, anything in that area, any area where um, if the worst had happened, a body could be hidden. Greensboro's icy winter weather presents a daunting challenge to searchers. Water that normally flows through the city's culverts is frozen solid, making them inaccessible. With no further leads, Tierra's sudden and mysterious disappearance takes an enormous toll on her family. At that point, I was just hoping and praying that, that she was just being a irresponsible young adult. I, 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 I so wanted that to be the case. But as, as more and more time went on, I knew that wasn't the case. I knew that there's no way in the world she would do this to her family. A 19-year-old, you can't not be affected. I have a daughter of my own, and I'll tell you now, it would tear me apart. And so you're looking at Mrs. Williams and knowing what this is doing to her. Everybody wants to find this young woman and bring her back to her family. On February 20th, six weeks after Tierra disappeared, there is stunning news. Tierra's former boyfriend, Trey, is found shot to death near his apartment complex in Greensboro. Called in the news that um, Trey had been shot and killed. And I remember thinking to myself, had Tierra been here, she would have been completely devastated. She would have been an emotional wreck. The question actually has to be, could there be a link between Tierra becoming missing and Trey being killed? I don't know, but it was something, there's a question that it need to be asked. The police investigation into Trey's death determines that he was killed during an altercation with his roommate, 24-year-old Lemuel Lee Harris Jr., who is charged and later convicted of second-degree murder. Authorities can find no link to Tierra's disappearance. In April, three months after Tierra vanished, another development surfaces that raises the family's hopes higher than they've been for many weeks. Tierra's mother, Danielle, receives a startling message on her Help Find Tierra Facebook page from a server at a Waffle House in Jessup, Georgia, 400 miles from Greensboro. She felt pretty confident that she was seeing Tierra several nights a week. She indicated that the girl comes in with a group, that this particular girl does not really seem a part of the group, never makes eye contact with anyone, never speaks to anyone, and that she looks remarkably like my daughter. Right away, Tierra's grandfather, Daryl, jumps in the car to make the six-hour drive to Jessup. So I was willing to go wherever it took to go find her. There was no boundaries. Wherever they take her, that's where I was going to go. It's kind of like adrenaline and excitement all at the same time. You know, I'm just one big ball of, of nerves because I'm, I'm wanting to know right then and there, is it her? 
By late April of 2016, Tierra Williams has been missing for three and a half months. Her grandfather, Daryl, a former bail bondsman, is following up on a possible sighting of Tierra, 400 miles away at a Waffle House in Jessup, Georgia. So I know that I had to go lay eyes on Tierra. And once I see her, I can get recover. And I found the location of the Waffle House, and I spoke to the employee at the Waffle House, and the Waffle House, they said that they had seen a group of girls sitting at a table, and one of the girls appeared to be Tierra. Daryl kind of camps out in the Waffle House a couple of nights just to see if he could see this mystery girl that may be her. I was so hoping that it would be her, and literally he would just snatch her up and bring her home. But now, for some reason, the girl who is believed to be Tierra stops her regular visits to the Waffle House. Several days go by with no sign of her. So at that point, the employee said that the girls must be staying somewhere around the Waffle House. Daryl methodically visits nearly every motel in the area. And finally, he gets lucky. There was a manager at the motel. And I showed her the information, a flyer of a missing girl that I was looking for. She said that she had known that there was a man standing there. They said that he was a pimp. He had several girls working for him. And one of the girls appears to be Tierra. So at that point, I contacted the police department. Local police take over the investigation. The police walked in. They found the ladies that we were looking for verified who they were. When he called me back, he said, unfortunately, it's not your granddaughter. This girl here is somebody else. Tierra's loved ones say they let themselves believe that she might really be coming home with Daryl. Realizing it's just another false sighting is a crushing disappointment. Every time a lead comes in, you pray that this, this, that this is it, this is the end. And it's like having the rope pulled out from up under you. I don't wish that, that type of feeling on anybody, that emotional roller coaster of pain. It feels like torture. I was disappointed that Tierra couldn't be found. I just believed that I had to keep moving forward. Over the next several weeks, tips continue to come in from as far away as South Carolina, Georgia, and even California. Some seem to support Daryl's theory that Tierra may have been kidnapped. We started to receive tips that Tierra had possibly been caught up in, in human trafficking. We had tips from different parts of the country uh, where individuals believe that they may have seen Tierra either in person or in ads um, on certain websites. And we have to look at every scenario. Was this person forced into human trafficking, prostitution, or any type of so-called slave labor. Daryl continues to personally look into as many leads as he can. I was going to the places and across the country that actually had motels and, and, and nightclubs and strip clubs and um, what we call outside tracks where people were being trafficked. He was going into some of these places that I would not necessarily be accepted in because I am a police officer. I was extremely grateful to Daryl uh, for, for running his own investigation. 
as a bail bondsman, you learn over the years that you just have to keep, you keep asking. Eventually, somebody will say something. Daryl offers up a cash reward for anyone who has information leading to his granddaughter's whereabouts. What I told the people on the street was, I'm willing to pay $10,000 for the information right now. So if they wanted $10,000 that day, they need to give me Tierra that day. Simple as that. Over the next several months, Daryl receives numerous tips and covers thousands of miles to follow up on each one. But each time, he comes up empty. I wanted to believe that she was still out there. I wanted to leave hope that she's still being looked for. By May 2016, water is now flowing through the once frozen culverts surrounding the Stony Brook apartment complex. With the arrival of spring, we, we did have a new hope that we would be able to find some piece of evidence that would lead us to Tierra. But a thorough search of the culverts reveals nothing. Desperate for answers, Tierra's family members urged Detective Ferrer to take a closer look at Tierra's boyfriend, Aaron, who, along with her brother, Cannon, was one of the last people to see her before she vanished. According to her mother, Danielle, Tierra's relationship with Aaron was a bit one-sided. The two have been dating for just a few months. Tierra confided in me, and she did not want the same things out of a relationship that he wanted. As time went on, Tierra was realizing that she wanted to just remain friends with him um, and just wanted to keep it on a friendly level, but she just didn't know how to make that happen without hurting him. Aaron says that at first, he's surprised that Tierra's family would point a finger at him. When I realized that I was, you know, being looked upon as a suspect, at first, when it hit me, it felt like betrayal. But knowing how sensitive situation is towards her family. Like, I had to sit back and understand that if it was me, if it was my mother, like, how would I feel? Aaron says that Tierra's disappearance has taken an enormous toll on him. I was at my lowest. Like, there's nothing else to live for. I felt suicidal. I felt deep depression. I felt anger, just... It was a sad day every day. Aaron maintains that he has nothing to do with Tierra's disappearance. But he says he deeply regrets not asking Tierra more about Travis, the mysterious friend she said she was meeting. I wish I would have asked who she was going with. That's one thing I regret every day. I would trade anything to go back and do that day over again. Tierra's mother, Danielle, says she is guilt-ridden that she didn't know more about what was going on in Tierra's life. As a mother, it's my job to protect them against harm. I regret not being able to protect her from, from whatever evil um, snatched her from her life. After six months and still no sign of Tierra, Danielle is at her lowest point yet. Then... On June 13th, everything changes when she suddenly is contacted by a relative who says she saw someone closely resembling Tierra at the DMV in Greensboro. She has this really odd conversation with a young lady. The young lady makes her feel as if she may be Tierra. 
My hope was that this is Tierra. We, we finally found Tierra. In June 2016, six months after Tierra Williams mysteriously vanished from her apartment complex, a relative spots a young woman she thinks is Tierra entering the DMV in Greensboro, North Carolina. When you get a tip from somebody that you feel like in their heart just really, really truly believes that it's her, it sets you up a little more, okay, okay, this is actually a, a viable lead. When the relative called out Tierra's name, she got an unnerving response. That female subject stated that she was not Tierra, um, but asked that she pray for her. I'm like, okay, is this a situation where someone has her up in there trying to create her a new identity? You know, what is going on? We made contact with the DMV and they immediately went ahead and pulled a surveillance video. And the video basically showed a female subject who was exiting the DMV. Um, I could not determine whether or not it was Tierra, so I then took the footage to Danielle to have her look at it. She indicated that that was not Tierra. It just kind of crushed me. That's when I started really just becoming numb. It, it's just like, how much more of this can I take? It was extremely disappointing to know that, yet again, this was not Tierra. That next year, the tips were starting to slow down, and there was a little bit of fear that this would be a, an investigation that people were forgetting about. Danielle says she still has many unresolved suspicions about Tierra's ex-boyfriend, who was the last person to see her. And the one person that's at the top of my list is the ex-boyfriend. Until I've been shown proof that she actually got out of his car, um, he will always remain at the top of my list. Tierra's ex-boyfriend says he had nothing to do with her disappearance. And police say they have no evidence linking him to it. As for Aaron, police have no evidence to show that he is involved. I have nothing to do with Tierra's disappearance. Nothing. I'm just trying to be the one to find her. Danielle is forever haunted by the question, how did her daughter simply vanish without a trace? I truly believe that everywhere you go, every move that you make, you leave some remnants of yourself behind. And, and for it to be absolutely nothing, it, it just, it's mind-boggling and it, and it makes absolutely no sense. Investigators say they are still looking for new evidence. Detective Ferrer believes that someone living within the vicinity of the Stony Brook apartment complex knows something. I mean, you know, to know that their family member has been gone for two years and they're all relying on me to, to find their loved one. I mean, it's something you live with. You just don't want to let them down. Please, whoever has Tierra, let her come home. She was just getting ready to get started with her life. Let her have her life. Whoever has her, I want them to let God fill their heart and know that this is wrong and it can't continue. And she deserves to have a life. 
What I want is to get to knock at the door with someone um, bringing her home. Uh -uh. That's what I want. She's been gone long enough. But more important at this point is we need to get closure. We need to know. We need answers. If you have any information about Tierra Williams or her disappearance, please contact the Greensboro Crime Stoppers at 336-373-1000.